Welcome to the Core Podcast. This episode is a little bit of a gateway into our proactive cybersecurity services and how we're tackling that. In today's episode, we're delving into the realm of threat intelligence and strategically the importance of monitoring your dark web. We are shifting to a cybersecurity strategy that's far more proactive than reactive and we're enhancing resilience against evolving threats. And the way we're doing this is through our superb team our tech team that are building these services and i'm delighted that greg our latest member of our tech team is here to tell you more greg welcome to the podcast thank you but anyone listening to the podcast would you be able to tell them a little bit about you of course where, I can, yeah. where you come from and how you're sat here in the castle doing the podcast yeah of course so I'm Greg McGrath. I am a pre-sales managed services specialist. Um, recently started in October this year, That's so only only a month and a little bit into my it role. Feels like a lot longer. It does. I don't know if that's good or bad. Yeah, it, it feels feel like, like a, you've been here a lot longer. It does feel like I've been here a lot longer. Yeah. So I've got a pre-sales background in cybersecurity. I've worked for a few uh, cybersecurity consultancies, mm-hmm. um, mainly specialising in ethical hacking. Okay. And then I've sort of moved and pivoted from sort of doing consultancy work to going and working for vendors. So my last job was working for a cyber threat intelligence company called Silobreaker. Mm-hmm. And I was, again, a solution specialist there. So specializing in all things Silobreaker and doing demos on the platform. And then I've pivoted again back yeah. into more of an MSSP, such yeah. as Quarter Cloud, sort yeah. of dealing with a plethora of services that we've got in particular looking after our managed services and anyone that was going to want to see a demo you would be the face i would be the face yeah yeah, exactly where before we go into korea greg growing up yeah what did greg want to be greg actually didn't know what he wanted to be it was yeah i wasn't your typical sort of i know some people i knew really knew what they wanted to do whether Mm -hmm. that was teaching working in the sort of armed forces working in the emergency services i just really sort of just yeah didn't really have that direction or know exactly what i wanted to do okay and so i sort of went to uni did a a sport and business degree and then yeah did joint honors okay so i think maybe there was a bit of a PE teacher element in there okay which sort of came into play but actually i never 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 action action on that and yeah push forward with it i think i knew too many teachers who were just moaning all the time so (laughs) I sort of give that one a, a wide berth and then just sort of found my way doing sort of different analyst jobs. I moved from Stoke-on-Trent down to London with my wife. She was in HR and I just ended up working for an analyst company called IPC. Okay. And then I was sort of monitoring networks, looking for faults within the network. So we're a network provider. Mm-hmm. It's almost like a BT for the financial services. Yeah. So we had network capabilities and then a technology aspect as well. So selling equipment into the financial services that they trade with that trading businesses trade with so like your phone systems which are called turrets okay so it's really making sure that none of those technical bits broke down and then also the network was secure so you quite a back like weren't everyone i speak to seems to be like an accidental land into the cyber security world yeah exactly so i moved out of london yeah i moved to cheltenham in 2016 yeah and then took that sort of network an almost tech mm. analyst role and was really looking for an industry that I could sort of apply that to. Yeah. And a friend that I know is an ex-spy, 
it was random okay you just, yeah, had, just yeah. casually have an yeah. ex-boyfriend anyone an ex- else an ex-boyfriend who was actually looking at doing a merger and acquisition for a company okay and that company I ended up working for that was RM they ah. started chanting them so that was my first cyber role okay and they were looking for a pre-sales person and I didn't have any cyber background but I did have sort of transferable skills like being good with people mm. um, that a bit of a tech background an analyst background so quite an analytical mind. brain and mind yeah. And all of those skills sort of were able to be applied into the cyber world. And that I think everyone that I've spoken to on the podcast that seems to be a thing. Like, yeah. if you, like cybersecurity, I think everyone thinks it's like a career that you need to have a degree on or be really. But actually, as long as you've got transferable skills and and a passion and driven, anyone can kind of join it. Yeah, completely agree. And yeah, would definitely. Definitely, you know, make, we're, a make, yeah. we're a mixed bag at Quarter Cloud, but yeah, <laughs> definitely. Okay, so you've joined. Phil's team on the pre-sales piece but predominantly you are looking after the pre-sales of our services if I'm correct with that yeah that's correct um, and this month there's been a big focus on what we were calling like our dark web monitoring service yeah and we're kind of taking it into the new phase of it kind of being more of a threat intelligence proactive platform that's right Um for anyone that isn't afraid to knowing what dark web monitoring is or threat intelligence would look like, what are we seeing that role and what that what that is as a service? Yeah, so um, dark web monitoring is so people get confused and think the dark web is this like really hidden sort of forum, this hidden That's internet how I see service. It yeah, that is really difficult to access. But actually, the dark web's easily accessible if you know okay. um, what channels you want to access, what sort of browsers you want to point to. It's the sort of deep dark web mm. that we're interested in. So these are the sort of areas that criminals are operating in, those okay. sort of illicit marketplaces. And um, cyber threat intelligence has really taken all of that data mm-hmm. and it's data on your organization, data on your people, mm-hmm. stolen data, mm-hmm. and being able to sort of unlock yeah. um, that those sort of blind spots. And it's the ability to take that information that's found yeah. within those sort of sites yeah. and use that into your favor so really being proactive and looking at any potential um any potential threats that could be present yeah before they become a major issue for your for yourself for your company such as like a ransomware attack or a breach uh we were away last week at doing escom and we had a speaker there called andrew crocker um, his background is actually he was in Russia and used to befriend all these hackers, learn Russian, see what they were up to. And he was saying that in his time, in his journey, that it's massively evolved from one guy in his house with a hoodie being state backed to actual full on companies now that do this, have a HR department, tell you how to transact their website, how's, you know, how, how it works, all that sort of thing. So it's gone from probably what everyone perceives as some young lad from a hoodie to an actual full-fledged business model, right? That's right, yeah, absolutely. I think the lone wolf, the sort of individuals will always be there. Mm -hmm. People who are curious, people who want to sort of challenge themselves by accessing networks that should be unaccessible. Yeah. So using their sort of skills that they've got. That's definitely still a threat, but yeah, you're completely right, these... Um, ransomware gangs as you want to call them um, APT groups they are like a fully fledged organisation they've got their own departments as you said HR teams 
um, personnel members within there. Yeah. Um, yeah, they're, they're fully fledged. And yeah, we're definitely seeing a, a move away from that typical, yeah, person in a hoodie mm-hmm. in a dark room with a laptop yeah. to that more sort of organized, targeted um, group like an organization like ourselves. But yeah, they, they've got business plans, target lists. And, and they want you to pay because it's a business model. Yeah. Right. And I've also heard um, Andrew Cocker use an example that one business wasn't playing game with the ransom um, request, um, I think. And they actually, I think they asked like 1.8 million this particular, I think it was, um, uh, yeah, well, I don't know what the company was, I can't remember off the top of my head. And they asked for like 1.8 million. They refused. They offered them 600,000. And I believe the, uh, the actual ransomware gang was like, nah, turned down 600,000 pounds and released all the data and all the information. And what blew my mind is that there are not many businesses that would turn down a transaction of six hundred thousand pounds. So, it's they're pretty well established, like businesses, aren't they? That can yeah, that can play with that sort of money, which is kind of mind blowing, really, yeah. on the sense of it. Yeah, it really is. So we know there's a dark web out there. We know that it also doesn't just sit on the web. There's like kind of chats, isn't there, and forums, and whatever that sits in Slack channels and all sorts of things that have of how they communicate. Yeah. Um, how and why was the service born? I guess. And is this because we believe most businesses are trying to move to a more proactive way of looking at their cybersecurity? Maybe yeah. a bit more about the actual service itself and what that looks like and why would you need that as a managed service? Could I not just, can I just not go on the dark web myself and just check if you're talking about my business or is not that how it works? Yeah, it's really difficult because the data available is pretty much similar to the data that you can search for, say, on a Google. Okay. So it's very sort of unstructured in nature. Um, you've got to know really what you're looking for and you've got to be able to take that unstructured data mm-hmm. and make it structured. So mm-hmm. using a service like our service that we're offering at yeah. Quarter Cloud um, in partnership with Cala. Yep. Um, so our cyber threat intelligence. So leveraging that technology that Cala have got, um, you can easily, by searching on, say, a domain, so Quarter Cloud's, co.uk as an example for our own which is totally secure right? which is totally secure (laughs) (laughs) how he says that you can yeah you can search on on that domain and Mm -hmm. pull back all of the the data that's contained within the deep and dark webs okay so it's really leveraging that technology yeah and being able to search and pull back the relevant data rather than spending lots of time Mm -hmm. it's being able to use that technology to make things efficient okay in terms of those investigations and really see what data is out there that could be references of quarter clouds on the dark web any references on ransomware blogs any stolen credentials relating to our domain so if you think around you and and me if if our email addresses have been compromised from a breach if we've been um, silly enough to use our email addresses to do some personal shopping um, no one would do that definitely not not. (laughs) (laughs) we we could have had our passwords sort of uh, intercepted by some bots and then th- those details are taken and then put on a on a database. So it's been able to unlock that data mm-hmm. and really see the, the threats that are out there in a proactive way okay. to take action before they do become that, that issue whereby those um, passwords are reused. Mm-hmm. It could even be um, compromised um, accounts leading into our services as well that could be available there. So it's really just having that, that vision, that lens into it. this but also being able to pull the data back and and having that continual monitoring taking place on, on those domains. And it can be IP 
ranges as well, different assets that we can monitor within our platform. Okay, so if I was a customer looking to take on this service, yeah. what does that look like then? Do you monitor that 24-7? Do you, or is it a set amount of time? Um, how do I find the information? Um, lots of questions like if there's something going wrong, do you just tell me about it or do you do something proactive? Like what in a nutshell do I get as a service? From yeah, it? so as a service, typically it will be a 24-7 monitoring service. Okay. Um, clients will be updated um, on a daily basis if we're spotting things such as compromised credentials. If not, what, we'd, what we aim to do is send out um, two reports per week, but we can discuss um, different offerings. Mm -hmm. So we can look at you know sending out more daily alerts where it's required. Mm -hmm. um, if we do identify compromised credentials or breach servers and whatever that may be, then of course we'll highlight those to a client okay. as and when they're seen so we can check sort of once or twice a day. Um, with, within the platform so each client will have their own dashboard yeah that quarter cloud that I or another member of the team will monitor yeah and and within that monitoring station will be those assets I spoke around so um, email domains web domains um, IP ranges those type of things but as well as that we can also give insights onto breaking trends so looking at potential ransomware activity okay. that's taking place within a specific industry or right. potentially against so you um, could a competitor. Potentially see if a wave is coming. Absolutely, yeah. To try right. and gain, yeah, to unlock and sort of get clients thinking around any, you know, yeah, exactly that potential trends that are emerging within their field. Yeah. To sort of heighten protection. Um, see if your assets could be improved. Like, what's your attack surface looking like? Whether it yeah. could come in and get you. Okay, so you're continuously monitoring. You can give proactive insights. You can see what's going on. Yeah. I'm a customer and you've identified that it looks like someone's got potentially our data what does our service then offer on that side of things do we proactively check with that data is legitimate or is it more of like a we think there's something could be going on like how, how do we manage that or mitigate that yeah so um where we where we potentially identifying data belonging to a company yeah and what we can do is send out a footprint report okay it, and that can be containing a, a general overview of that dashboard view that i was saying around yeah so it's given a an overview of the number of compromised credentials mm -hmm. um, that we're seeing any compromised servers any assets to a company yeah and we can provide those out in, in a report okay. so the client can check those out we can be quite specific with um, password policies as well so where we've got okay passwords coming back which don't meet a company's password policy yeah so it could be 18 characters password, um, one, password. Two, three, hashtag. yeah exactly and anything that doesn't meet their actual um, policy yep. around passwords then we can eradicate that and just make sure that the information provided is actual meaningful there's no false positives there okay. and it's data to act on okay. some, some clients like to see all of those um, leaked passwords yep. even if they don't meet their, their policy okay. requirements so if it's an 18 um, an 18 character password policy yeah. that's in place and something is coming in that's 10 characters long then sometimes clients like to see that just to see okay. potentially if there's any old credentials in circulation right um, any old accounts that have been attempted to be reused if they haven't been deactivated okay yeah some people just like to see everything yeah but we can offer a tailored service where we um, cut out, cut out any thing that you want to see. And if, yeah, exactly. Okay, so I can see all the value and all of this of why we're, why are we as a company putting the services out there, and why do you specifically think a continuous monitoring is only the way forward? 
Yeah, um, basically, yeah, I, I think the, the continual monitoring route is is absolutely paramount. Things are ever changing, the threat landscape's changing. Mm. Um, a, if, say we did a report on our core to cloud domain again now, and yeah. we looked at what stolen credentials were out on the dark web at the minute. Mm. That could change in 10 minutes, it could change in five minutes, it could yeah. change in 24 hours. So actually continually monitoring things is, is the right way to go from a sort of cyber perspective as that landscape's ever changing. So what we want to try and do is highlight where there is an issue, where there's been a breach, where there's been um, a group of um, credentials that have been leaked yeah. and, and report back on those in the quickest possible way to mitigate any sort of long-term issues where those credentials are being reused such as a password reuse and even with us we're not a huge company yeah but even in the time that i've been here the amount of new people that come on and deployed or you know people move on and go on to different companies i mean even for phil it must be quite a upkeep to make sure that all of that's up to date and i know yeah. he does it very well for iso accreditation i can't even imagine the continuous monitoring you would need for an enterprise or an NHS or an NHS going through a pandemic potentially where they're having to maybe bring back staff or put people in different hospitals because of the strains or the pressure or things like that. So I guess that's the thing, isn't it? We're, we're battling with quite a lot of moving parts in the fact that there's more technology, there's more digitization, which is obviously creating more holes in the network. We're also allowing people to, what is the norm of working now? Of like, would they be accessing that? Would they be going into that folder with that? That that's kind of a a pusher, isn't it? Yeah, and exactly. Economic of whether a business is growing or and those sorts of things. There's quite a lot of moving parts, and I, from the six years I've been here, I still feel like the two main pains of all IT, let alone if they've got a cybersecurity specialist, is time and the resource of people. So if someone was looking to do this without a managed service, would you say that they would have to have someone dedicated to just monitoring the dark web 24-7? Yeah, absolutely. And somebody would need to be, they probably need to be a team of people in place. Right. Within, let's say, an NHS trust, for example. Yeah. They would need a team constantly monitoring, but then it's the ability of extracting the data from the dark web again. Mm -hmm. So it's the ability of searching millions. And it's potentially generally not English, is it? It can correct, be, yeah. Exactly, yeah, it's not in English. So it's looking at different language variations and being able to interpret that and translate it back into the common language, whether that's English, German, for example. Yeah. It's the ability of being able to do that. So it's looking at millions and millions of sources of different data at any one time and being able to actually pull out that data that's meaningful. Yeah. It's just a near impossible task to do without leveraging a platform out there such as our own. Okay. So having, having that managed service will eradicate the need for having a team to monitor mm -hmm. and potentially try and work out your own way and whether that's looking at data putting it into by the time you've looked at that data as well and with the ever-changing landscape the data that you found could be outdated it might be a false positive yeah so having a platform that can do all of the investigation work for you and then pull back the data um using managed service like ourselves will be that hugely be beneficial yeah you being pre-sales, I guess, are in quite a privileged position in the fact that you get to run a lot of POVs or you get to, I don't know, test reports, see how people are doing. Obviously, we don't want to freak people out because I guess there's some extreme things that can happen on the dark web and they're, you know, they're, they're the kind of like the general of what happens. Are you seeing any common 
threats or things that are happening on the dark web that for anyone listening you would want them to be mindful of yeah um or you know hopefully come and run a report with you but if they're not right now what the common things are you seeing or seeing that people should be worried about or, or looking into so I think some of the common trends that we're seeing at the minute is around the ransomware routes. Okay. So we've, we've taken a look at a number of different ransomware groups mm-hmm. and looking at their sort of MO and what, what they're sort of doing to infiltrate yep. networks. And what we've seen is a move away from your typical phishing attacks mm-hmm. to more of a um, gaining direct access into organizations. And this is where they're just getting the passwords just off the direct dark web directly they're not having to go through do a phishing campaign because they can just go and get what they want straight off the dark web is that right yeah this is where um, ransomware groups are actually buying initial access into organizations on an initial access broker basically buying the keys yeah exactly buying the keys which can mitigate two-factor authentication and and just give you a direct foothold into a company and into their infrastructure where they can move laterally um, sometimes undetected depending on what protections in place on, on the network and then that's where they can initiate um, you know a ransomware attack using right. malware and um, yeah, lock in valuable assets from clients and then sort of get then hitting clients with a, a ransom and that's what you're seeing more that's, commonly when you're doing the reports that's yeah that's what we're seeing sort of yeah from so you're seeing that, that their credentials have already been bought or, or up for sale. Or up for sale web. on the dark web, yeah, via an initial access broker. Obviously, we're very confidential. Have you had any recent ones, obviously you can't name names, but where they thought they were okay and then they were shocked? Or or, or is it normally, or are they kind of like, yeah, I thought that might be out there? Or is it more of a, oh, that's way worse than I thought. What's kind of like the vibe of doing all these? Yeah, I think the, the certain feedback that I've had from the reports that I've run since mm. I've been at Quarter Cloud has definitely been one of a surprise. I think people will assume that if they've got certain protections in place that their cyber hygiene is good. But sometimes we can be dealing with, as I was saying, people who are just not sort of thinking before they register an account with a corporate email address. Mm. Um, that sort of um, issue of reusing passwords as well. I think in some of the clear text passwords that we've monitored through the service, you really do see the the sort of basic levels of characters and common words that are being used. So you can see how easy it could be to use that password data yep. and, and potentially you can see where there's been a number added at the end of a password, okay. where potentially there's been that reuse and just the constant change of a number. So yep. it's, let's say, password one. People, when they come to change the password, will use password okay. too. And then you see that trend and it's... I'm saying that because before this job, that was me. <laughs> like, just because I was like, I'm never going to remember it. So I'm just going to keep it to the same. Yeah, I just... My also favourite is the people that have all their passwords in their notebook. Yeah. That's another classic. Generally, my mother-in-law, but like, that's another classic. Like, I oh, don't worry, I've got them all here in my handbag on my notepad so no one can, t- can get it. Okay, so we're seeing that the dark web is a major threat we need to continually monitor this this is not just yeah. like a oh we'll check every six months it's not like a snapshot in time thing it needs to be a continuous point of that we're finding that there's common activities on the dark web and there's potential threats for everyone that we're looking at and that isn't just industry specific you're finding that across the board yeah absolutely and it's i think it's just good for organizations to see even if they're age credentials that are being picked up just to see from an educational point of view the sort of um, general day-to-day um, common mistakes that people can make um, again with with using 
corporate email addresses as an example mm -hmm. for their personal business it's just sometimes yeah it, it can be as simple as that which those sort of uh, mistakes that leads to an attack so it's just having that basic level of understanding and having the ability to sort of see these issues yeah and and dealing with them whether that's with with some education around the workforce and um, what to do what what's good practice what's not good practice and then also maybe where there's a weak password policy in place with a, a low set um, character level in there sort of the ability of being able to increase that and make it more complex can also help and obviously dark web is kind of one element of what we do yeah um you're obviously part of the whole service and this pre-service here do you see that this kind of proactively links to other things though i mean I, what the way i reason i'm positioning is that i went to um one of our customers recently and they were saying like continuous monitoring is just the way forward like we've been in a world where it was reactive we need to be proactive and like you were saying if you can see waves are potentially coming on yeah. the dark web that means that we could be proactive in the sense of checking our threat landscape we could then even do like a gap analysis to see oh have we got that gap and then if you can see it you could even do a crisis simulation couldn't you to be like well if this is going to hit us how do our people technology and processes yeah. how are they impacting are you seeing that with the our customers and with the people that you're speaking to that people are making this holistic view of it and using more and more services to kind of make sure that they're being proactive rather than reactive would you say that's fair yeah definitely i think the proactive route is one which is being adopted more and more i think it's always better to be proactive i think everybody would agree on that mm. and definitely in terms of if i'm thinking of the, the cyber threat intel service that we're offering yeah i'm thinking of sort of breached third parties okay is a common issue that we're seeing so the ransomware again people's third parties are being hit and um, do organisations know the depth and level of access that the third part parties have got mm -hmm. within their network? What sort of sharing's in place? So I'm thinking from a practical point of view, actually knowing the risk that your third parties pose is definitely a big Can you gap. do that as part of your threat hunting as a support? Like if they have some critical third party or partners that they know would have a massive could you track that for them as well on the dark web? Is that feasible or would you offer that as, or is that, what what we could do is uh, I'd say without the permission of okay, the third party, yeah, it'd, be, it'd be really be difficult, difficult to do. But what we could do is use our third party risk management tool that okay. we've got, and we could run an assessment on, let's say, a sample of five critical suppliers for an organisation. Mm -hmm. And what we can do there is run an external attack posture assessment okay. for that supplier, and the platform also enables you to automate the sharing and distribution of questionnaires as well that are required. Mm -hmm. And for that management and and the ability to manage all of those suppliers in a central repository as well with a clear indication of the risk that's being posed and brought to that organization that's a good way of going okay i'm seeing yeah definitely the benefits that. and more people doing that i think the the gap analysis is a key one as well so okay. knowing knowing your 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 cyber basics okay and what um, policies and procedures we've got in place okay and knowing what how they stack up mm -hmm. um for a real life sort of events i'm thinking of instant response plans okay and um, business continuity plans actually having us to come in and using a framework such as the cis okay. framework and the 18 controls associated with that is a really good basis of so that's looking. when you don't know what you don't know i guess yeah exactly it's like a kind of like a cyber security 
hygiene check? Yeah, yeah, definitely like a cybersecurity review. Okay. So holistic lo- review, looking at a company's policies and procedures, um, looking at sort of patching policies in place, really holistically looking at an organization to look at what's being done, what's good, what's not so good, and where are the areas of improvement, I think, uh, are really key. And do we offer that? How often do we run that with our customers? Like yearly, quarterly, so we, or is that really down to them for their? Yeah, it's down, I say typically we could potentially do it on an annual basis, okay. or we could help a client if they're looking to achieve an accreditation. Yeah, such as Cyber Essentials. Okay, so we could go in, look at what the client's doing, um, look at what's in place at the minute, and and map those CIS um, controls mm-hmm. to um, the Cyber Center. Sorry, yeah, Cyber Essentials so framework. Fun. And, and we, to see where the gaps are I and how they could achieve it. On the roadmap of potentially also trying to get it so it fits with CAF for the NHS. That's right. That's yeah. kind of life of development. And then that's also Dora's Dora's coming come yeah. in as a new wave from Europe. So probably where we're going to be try and support those businesses along those lines. And the gap analysis will really be able to to help with that. Yeah, I would definitely say. Is there any other shiny new services that may be coming or people aren't aware of or your guys are working on but you can or cannot? tell me is there anything that we should be excited about or things that are on the way yeah there's definitely a few on on, yeah there's another service that's potentially going to be launched soon which is the managed detection response service Mm -hmm. um which will be yeah a a really good addition yeah the services being offered but we've already yeah we've we've got some great services already on 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 the road On, on the road yeah let's go back to you okay if anyone's listening to the podcast and is or potentially thinking of joining cybersecurity, it's my constant signal going off. Um, why would you encourage someone, or would you encourage someone to join the cybersecurity industry? Yeah, I definitely wouldn't encourage anybody to join the industry. I think if they've got, a, I think if you've got a passion for security, mm-hmm. cybersecurity um, services aligned to cybersecurity, it might even be a curiosity around being uh, an ethical hacker. Yeah. I think the cybersecurity industry for me is the best industry going. It's ever changing. It's exciting. It's always current. Yeah. It's always evolving. Yeah. Um, both from a, an attack perspective and a defense perspective. So there's new solutions and products. Mm. And tooling coming out to um, manage, respond, and detect. And also, threats. you quite clearly highlighted that you don't have to have a direct connection to cybersecurity to no. move into this industry. No, absolutely not. No. It's just that curiosity, work ethic, mm. the ability to want to learn new mm. things, and yeah, just be involved in a really exciting industry. industry. Very yeah. exciting industry with, with like-minded people. Greg, if anyone's been listening to the podcast and they're fascinated by the services that you and the tech team are now offering, what is the best way to connect with you and to see maybe something in action? Yeah, the best way to connect is you can connect to myself directly. Mm-hmm. Um, we can, I'm sure, give out some details. We can. We can put it at the bottom of the podcast if anyone wants to yeah. connect directly to Greg. Absolutely. We'll put those details at the bottom of the podcast mm-hmm. or they can reach out to a member of the Quarter Cloud sales team. Yeah. And the marketing team like yourself. Yeah, we'll, we'll hook you up if you want to yeah. or directly put it through the website. Anything that you want to see, you can put a demo directly. And I would definitely encourage everybody and anybody listening to look at the site, <laughs> look at the amazing services that we've got. Yes. And other products as well that we're involved in. Perfect.
thank you greg greg will be on i'm sure very often to keep us up to date and will be very soon releasing his own vlog that we can share with you all thank you greg thank you kelly thanks for everybody listening thank you Well, that's a conclusion of another court episode. Probably not our standard ones, but it's really good sometimes to have a look in what Quarter Cloud are all about. And I hope that is of interest for you, especially if you're thinking that we might be a good fit or a partner or even just a resource that you can lean on. There's some really valuable insights I took away from that, the power of how we can use platforms and services to monitor the dark web to ensure that we're being proactive in all our cybersecurity strategy. Remember, staying ahead of the curve requires continuous vigilance and commitment to understanding the evolving threat landscape. And from what I picked up today, that is no small task and it looks like you'd need a full team. So I hope you continue to enjoy our episodes, that you will come for future episodes to explore all our different approaches to safeguarding cybersecurity and the digital realm. And I do hope that seeing the insights for our technical team of what they're getting from our customers, what we're learning from our services and how we are going forward with what we offer is really insightful. But I would love to hear your comments, your feedback on this episode and what you'd like to learn more from the Quarter Cloud technical team. I hope to speak to you, see you, or you'll get involved with the podcast in some way. But thank you so much for listening and following the call.